Hello, can I help at all? Perhaps. I'm looking for some weaponry. Well, we can certainly help there, General. Uh, what sort of forces are you shopping for? A medium-small private army. Lovely. And what kind of weaponry are you in the market for today? Small, easily concealed, ineffective. Ah, step this way then, General. Our soft strike range is just what you're looking for. Doesn't sound very threatening. That's rather the point. It'll strike, but a little more like a pillow fight than a dog fight. Very well. Show me. Well, the, this is the Piercing Blue 3000. Here, see how it handles. Oh, it's an old-fashioned dagger. Not just a dagger, General. It's been specially adapted to ensure maximum comfort for your victims. Oh, I see. It's got a retractable blade. If you would prefer something subtle, these are our raging lava capsules. Poison? Laxatives. And what's this? Ah, that's the Savage Stroke XL2. A plate? Sonic Mine. Causes minor internal damage which heals naturally within a week. I see. We've also just released the Demon Drip Water Gun and the Wild Fluff 219 Twin Yarn Bombs. Very impressive. We'll be in touch with an order shortly. Hello everyone, welcome to the Oodcast. Round the table, as always, is the lovely Laura. I like to think of myself as the holy spirit of our trio. Directly opposite me, driving the complicated technological thing at the moment, is uh, the equally lovely Chris Sigma slash Mead. I would like to think of myself as the son of the Trinity. That makes sense, doesn't it? Mm. Which makes me an incalculable old being. Makes you the it father. It makes you the father. Oh, okay. You're Hello. the only <laughs> one of us with an offspring. Fair off enough. Springs, off sprung. Yeah, no, no, two. I don't need you two. I've already got a son and the Holy Spirit. What are you talking <laughs> <laughs> um, My name's Chris Alpha, um, and I am the other person in the room. So, Welcome hello. to the Theology Podcast, <laughs> the Oodcast. Uh, if only we had theologian listeners that could correct us. Oh, wait, we do. Let's await their opinions. Shall, shall we just crack on with, with talking about the episode? Well, I think first we could just ask our listeners, if you were to assign each of the Oods <laughs> a deity, which deity would you choose? <laughs> I'm gunning for Ganesh. Ganesh? Mm. Gunning he's, f- he's the god of wealth. Cool. You're not that wealthy. I would, I would like to think of myself as something like the great Arctuan from uh, Discworld. I, I mean, would like to be Buddha, there. but like... Chubby Buddha rather than ascetic Buddha. <laughs> okay. Do you ever think about where we get to in conversations on this podcast and think, how do we start this train of thought? Usually it's you. Loz did a weird thing. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. I've stopped thinking about it now because that way madness lies, I think. That's true. So true. <laughs> Saranga. Is yes. that how you pronounce it? I, I just decided. I mean, it sounds a bit like a skin condition, but it isn't. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You've got some bad Saranga around your 
jowls. Don't worry, it's not contagious. <laughs> it's just more of an, an irritation for sufferers than it is a problem for anybody else. It looks worse than it is. I actually really, really loved this episode. <gasps> because the it. internet didn't, Laura. I the know. The internet hated it. But I care not for the whims and fripperies of the crowd. I am my own woman. I liked it a lot. Here are some of the things that I liked so much about it. Let me tell you. I, it was the first time that I've ever heard Technobabble being delivered in a believable and emotional way. Talking about the particle accelerator or particle collider engine, Jodie Whittaker actually put tears in my eyes whilst discussing particle physics. How beautiful and amazing is that? Like it felt like a teaching moment, but it also felt for the first time, as I say, like Technobabble meant something. And I loved that. I also kind of want to have a tiny pating for a pet. <laughs> I know it would be a terrible idea. But what, because it's toxic to touch? Yeah, yeah. and would eat everything. On, but did you see it's a little wobbly you, bottom? Oh, yeah, no, it probably wouldn't. I am mostly organic. But it's got this little wobbly bottom and it's got massive eyeballs. Oh, it's so cute. You'll have no comeback from me. I agree. It was cute. It it was. I also concur it was cute. Yes. There we go. I I liked it. It was like Nibbler from Futurama in the fact that it ate everything. But it didn't poo out super dense (laughs) fuel. It didn't, but it did. I just, when it did that little thing where it did a rubble, rubbing of its tummy, little smile, it was all glowing like a Nurofen tablet. Oh, when ad. it swallowed the bomb. When it swallowed the yeah, bomb, and it was... just looked so chuffed to bits with itself. <laughs> I also really liked the way that they'd done the animation of it. It felt like they just skipped a few frames because mm-hmm. it was moving so fast, and it gave it that jerky, tweaky look that I felt was really cool. So I would say it's like a combination of Nibbler, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch, Mm -hmm. and like an angry grey zombie potato. Uh, I'm starting to worry that I've got, uh, I'm I'm giving everything a pass because it's Doctor Who. Um, It was fun. There wasn't too much hanging on anything. There wasn't anything that I particularly cared about, but actually I think it was the Doctor. I think it was the way she was wrong and admitted it. And almost just let other people's expertise pull her through rather than take over a situation, which is not something common, I think, in previous Doctors. It's rapidly becoming a trademark of Mm. hers, isn't it? I mean, there are all those fantastic shots where you see that she's assembled the right people to do that job. She's got the expert pilot, she's got the engineer and the neuroscientist guiding them through. You've got Yaz and the android bloke who are like the best people to defend. Mm. And then you've got Graham and Ryan talking a frightened man through giving birth. Like she has really assembled the right group of people and she's trusting them to do their thing properly. That's my theory why people do not like this episode is that all of the roles have been gender flipped. So the pilot... And the and the doctor are obviously both female, and then you have the the males have been given the nurturing roles, the maternal nurturing roles. You may well be right, but I think there's also a kind. There is a whiff of 
let's find them all something to do. Um, which I, I am not bothered by in the slightest because I grew up watching 80s Doctor Who and also what they got to do, Yaz got to do what seemed like a Im- really important job. Uh, that seems fair. And Ryan and Graham got a fun thing from my point of view, from, uh, from a viewer's point of view. That was fun. That was funny to watch and it was enjoyable. So I, I don't care in the slightest if it was contrived in order to give them something to do because... It was watchable, as far as I was concerned. I mean, the thing about this episode is, is it was silly, but it was so aware of its silliness. I mean, when you think about the climax of this episode, you've got a creature that is indestructible, toxic to touch, and will eat anything. You've got a bomb that's about to go off if the evil corporation operating the ship by remote control uh, know about it you've got a pilot with a degenerative illness who's going to try one last time to take control of the ship and you've got a man giving birth all happening at the same time that is patently absurd but it's so fun i heard people say that they thought this was a non-pacey episode that nothing happens in it what? it's ridiculous <laughs> massive amount of things happen in it it's stupidly overladen with brilliant stupid stuff i said stupid twice in that sentence i I loved it i really loved it me too i'm not i'm not sure i entirely agree on the it's aware of its own silliness i think there's an undercurrent in all of it might just be chris chibnall's episodes but there's an undercurrent of seriousness that doesn't feel like it fits i'm willing to admit that perhaps the two of us laura and i generated a kind of bubble we enjoyed it so much so we were just watching it and laughing at each other enjoying it so much and really being kind of knocked out by how beautiful and funny it was and i went upstairs afterwards and went on twitter and it was like having an ice bath because I went upstairs in order to share this love for this brilliant experience that the two of us just had. And it was it was it was like being doused in an icy shower of water because I couldn't find a single comment of anyone that liked the episode. And I thought, how has my opinion strayed so much from the mainstream? Mm. I think the answer to that is that I don't think it has. There were there were positive comments. It just took a while for them to come out. Mm. And they weren't, a lot of them did not come from traditional avenues. There were a lot from sort of younger fans, people who love a bit of Disney type stuff. And you can completely Mm. see where they were coming from, totally. Whereas people who were looking for something a bit more serious and sensible really did not not enjoy (laughs) But I mean, ultimately... It's a kids' TV show, and yet it's a kids' TV show that can create moments of staggering beauty and pathos, like the prayer at the end. Mm. You know, what a beautiful sentiment. Um, Yeah, ending on a prayer. Ending on the prayer. It's so interesting, especially when you think of gridlock and RTD's absolute disdain for Mm. religion and the prayer being a sort of um, brainwashing in that one but in this one it felt like a moment of catharsis and hope and togetherness and i thought that's really interesting and this episode really dug into a lot of what makes people tick their fears of failure their fears of letting down their family it turned out that one of the main reasons why the pilot had been concealing her condition was because 
she was frightened of dying away from her brother. But the fact that she actually had the chance to tell him how she felt and go with him in the room was almost enough for her. And they had the same thing with Ryan talking about his dad and slowly beginning to come to grips with why his dad had abandoned him and maybe Mm. reaching some kind of level of forgiveness, perhaps. Not complete, but beginning to delve into that emotional complexity a bit more. And just a lot of people accepting that failure is okay and changing their minds is okay. I'll eat my hat if Ryan's father isn't in it at some point. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The only thing that bothered me when I was watching it the first time round, and um, the the stuff about the seriousness, I think, has sort of occurred to me over a couple of days. But the only thing that bothered me at the time was the reason um, Yoss decides to keep the baby. As a parent, I don't think your first thought is ever for yourself. And I think it was more about Ryan than it was about Yoss. Oh, for sure. It was definitely about Ryan. But let's let's also not forget that Yoss never went into having the pregnancy with that kind of sensible adult mindset. It was yeah, maybe, an yeah. accident and he's had a week to think about it. Well, eight days to think about it. Yeah, well, and they changed his mind in the space of 50 minutes, which is interesting. Which actually gestationally <laughs> is the equivalent of him That's changing true. his mind it's over two weeks, or three yeah. weeks. <laughs> That's very true. I think we need to talk about guest stars. For me, Mm. particularly, I think his name's Brett Goldstein or Goldstein. Um, Mm. He is, I I know people know him actually. He's an improviser or a comedian anyway. Um, He played the part of Astos, who is the head medic. And he, in the course of about 10 minutes, I think, just blew me away. I really loved every single one of his interactions with the doctor. I thought his character was wonderful and their interplay was just great. And when he died, it really meant something to me because I really did not want him to die. He mm. wasn't a faceless red shirt type character for me. I thought they'd done enough in that time to make me really care about him. And I did not want his presence out of the episode. So I felt that one Oh, uh, quite viscerally. And it's needed because that death sets up the idea that the Bating is an evil thing. Right. For most of it, the doctor doesn't realize that it wasn't trying to kill him. It was just trying to get the power source. Mm. But the fact that you felt that demise gave the narrative juice to believe that it was Mm. evil, even though it looks. And and at that stage, it was invisible, wasn't it? We hadn't seen Mm -hmm. what it was. We didn't see that it was this tiny little hangry zombie potato thing. Every time you get back to it, you get this little (laughs) grin on your face. I know, I do a little (laughs) grin. Um, I thought that he was a very, very brave character. I mean, here he is confronted with a universe level intellect and he calls her out on overrunning his captaincy and his authority Mm. and actually potentially causing harm to the rest of the patients. Not a lot of people really call the doctor out on that in such a personal way of, hey, let me do my job. And it's when she realises that and lets him get back to doing her job and sharing the load with him that the episode begins to move forward again. Mm. She's great in this episode. Yeah, she is. I oh, say we it every week, but wow, she is running down corridors. <laughs> Beautiful corridors as well. Yeah, Production they were lovely, design. They? Wow. Uh, just that and everything looked pristine and amazing and just the way she runs down it and the coat billows out she's 
awesome. She's so mm. she's so doctory. And I enjoy her line readings immensely. Um, I just think she is brilliant. There was some bits about where she just uh, um, assumed knowledge of a culture. She'd be like, oh, you're this thing. Or she knows the words to their chants and their prayers. That mm. feels very doctory to me to just, oh, this is interesting. I'd love to know it. She already knows it. And yes. she can just join in. She can be part of any culture. That is all so good. Mm. But there's also the oh, I should have spent more time in the 67th mm. century. Like, yeah. she does know well enough to know their daily prayers, but she could always learn more. Mm. She, if, the, if the Pating guzzles energy, then the doctor guzzles knowledge so that she can have that kind of communion and relationship with everybody. <laughs> and I think that that is definitely something we should all aspire to. Someone help me. It's an emergency. I, I think it's broken. Calm down, sir. You got to a hospital as quickly as you could. You've done really well. Nurse, get the patient onto a gurney. With me. One, two, three, lift. Now, sir, can you tell me what happened? I, I don't know. It, it all happened so quickly. I was backing my car out of the drive. I, I, I wasn't looking. My, my car hit something. I heard the crunch. When I got out to look, he was just laying there in pieces. All right, sir. Do you know the patient personally? He's a friend of my son's. Doesn't talk much, but they play together all the time. Thank you. You might need to give a statement to the police, so please stay in the emergency room. Leave the patient with us. He's in good hands. Oh, thank you. I don't know what I'll do if you can't save him. We'll do our best. Right, let's see what we've got. Patient is a hairless, four centimetre tall male... With yellow skin, patient is unresponsive but his eyes are open. He has two fingers on each hand and by the look of his clothes, he works as some kind of medieval knight or possibly a jester. Patient has had his legs completely removed from his torso and one arm has been amputated. He's also lost his little hat. Cursory inspection confirms that the leg injury is easily rectified by sliding the legs back into the body where, yes, they click into place. The arm, however, might not be so easy. It looks permanently broken. Nurse, get me five cc's of superglue. Stat, hang in there, little guy. I've not lost a Lego minifigure yet. Doctor! We've got some candy floss in triage that needs your immediate attention. Thank you, nurse. Looks like it's going to be one of those days. I was so amazed that the android chap didn't get eaten because it was like, well, yes. he doesn't eat organic matter. I, it was like, well, you've yeah. got one character who's not organic. Surely <laughs> yes. we're going to walk in and have oh, just the kind of... But we'll leave him there because he's the only thing, the only person that could touch it. Yes, yeah. while he's eating, <laughs> being eaten, yeah. <laughs> I was imagining just the leg of the android disappearing down the gullet of the pating, you know, as they open the door. Like, oh, yeah, that was a bad plan. <laughs> <laughs> Him sort of hobbling along with it attached to a, a, a major limb. Yeah. But what we got instead was Yaz punting it whilst doing <laughs> a, a reference to the England women's football captain who has since got on Twitter and been like, I was mentioned on Doctor Who! <laughs> 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 Which is so lovely. Oh. And Hamilton was oh. 900 casts. Love it. <laughs> Sorry. 
and get excited by such things. Um, one of the bits I particularly enjoyed was the were, were the scenes between the general and her brother. I thought they were really. I, I think it possibly helped that they were two guest stars and they were pretty good guest stars, as far as I'm concerned. I, I mean, Doc Brown is the kind of guest that you don't necessarily expect. Sorry, Ben Bailey Smith, I think he's credited as. Um, and and he's a little bit like Bradley Walsh. People don't expect him to be any good, but actually he really is quite good. Um, and I wanted him to do a quality street. <laughs> but, I mean, there's even, there's lovely little interactions where Graham catches him out snooping through his sister's medical records. And he just sort of comes up with it. He's like, oh, I don't know if I should try and justify it or just sort of pretend it didn't happen. Mm. And... It's so nice that it's not one of those sinister things. It's literally... He cares about he, his he sister. He cares about his yeah. sister. He's worried. So he's having a look-see almost if there's anything that he can do or stop her doing. Graham is brilliant in that moment too. He's in a context that is so far out of his own context. The way he plays it is really nice. Mm. Very gentle. It doesn't mm. become sort of patrician and policeman-esque. That's right, yeah. It's sort of... Oh yeah, tell tell me more about why this is going on. I I saw some grumpiness that they felt like sort of fairly hollow characters with a fairly hollow relationship. But actually, I thought it was quite well filled in what they had in the time they had, and actually, it just made me wish that we could see more of them. Actually, I, I think they were intriguing characters, and I don't think they need to have a full backstory. You're on definitely not going to get a full backstory no, in the time they've not. got, but I think. Certainly with the general, feeling like our leaders have to be superhuman and can't show weakness. She's like, I'm I'm a figurehead for this movement. I'm the most decorated mm. general. I can't have this pilot's heart thing, you know. I can't show any signs that I'm human or I'm vulnerable. Yeah. And I think we do expect that of our politicians, of our leaders. And maybe the world would be a slightly better place if we did acknowledge their flaws and fallibilities. Yeah, like in the West Wing. Like mm. in the West Wing. Or when Pete Sampras told everyone that he had tennis elbow. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. okay, the, the, the obvious person doing the sporting reference as well. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know sports, everyone. <laughs> well done. <laughs> this is the haiku for the Saranga conundrum. Hungry intruder eats hospital in error. Mostly hope prevails. Yeah, so if I was going to sum up my feelings on this week's episode, I will always really like this episode. It was very special. It was just a really wonderful evening watching it. And as my friend Katie pointed out, we kind of win because... I had an amazing evening watching television and a lot of people obviously didn't. So <laughs> so I guess that puts me one up in that way. Even if I have bad taste, I had a fun time. <laughs> uh, if I had to sum up my feelings about this episode, it would be either joy or amusement. I just had such a jolly time with a little creature... Tiny, 
evil, hangry, zombie space potato. I loved it. I loved the supporting cast. There were moments where we didn't think the script was Chris Chibnall because it was actually quite sharp and witty (laughs) and clever. And like I say, the first piece of techno babble that's actually got me reaching for my tissues. Uh, yeah, I I really liked it. Um, it went very quickly for me, which is a, always a really nice um, indication of, of what I think about it. Um, I thought it was funny. I enjoyed the gender flipping on, on almost everything. Um, it feels right it doesn't it didn't feel forced either that felt quite natural and it worked um yeah i like i said earlier i i have very few holes that i would want to pick and i couldn't be bothered to do that because i enjoyed it far too much so that's it from us this week please do come and join us on uh facebook we have a lovely uh group called the commodity where um uh, we and listeners yourselves have very friendly and respectful chats about Doctor Who all, all week in between episodes. It's very nice. We're all, all on Twitter in various guises. There is at the Ucast. Um My handle is at Alpha Ood, I think it is. Chris is Mr. Chris Mead. It is. And Laura is at Oodlos. At the Oodlos, yeah. Yeah. I remembered it all. Well but, done. Um, so please come and join us. We would love you to join in and uh, and talk to us. It's always brilliant to hear from new people and familiar people alike. So that's it for this week from us. Um, we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. seen a cuter more lovable thing suppose to survive it might clumsily kill you just like adipose what to do stranded aboard a space hospital with two crew it's doctor who i'm sure this incredible genius will pull through They'll be back, soon you'll see Putting it out there in the galaxy They'll be back, they're not gone It's a question of digestion I'm impressed or appalled How so much can fit in one so small As it eats bingily We will purge it through the airlock and get back to A and E. Nom 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 A hangry grey potato A fearsome cute potato A lightning fast potato 
Norming and norming and norming Welcome back like before Bite through walls they never use the door Suck up electricity Hope they don't like Octron energy It's not good, it's not bad Just so ravenous that it's gone mad No it's not an attack It will kill your friends and family just because it needs a snack. Nom 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 nom